Welcome to The Mindful Apprentice, brought to you by Swindon and Wiltshire Institute of Technology. In this podcast series, we want to share stories and information to help everyone make the apprenticeship a success, whether you're an employer or the apprentice. We've interviewed a wide range of apprentices, employers, specialists, charities and clinicians to make this series. Wherever you're listening, we hope you'll find it helpful. Hello, I'm Dominic Arkwright. In today's programme, what should we look out for if we're struggling? Ask for help. The minute you start feeling low or you feel you can't cope, ask for help. Danielle Foy, business development consultant at New College Swindon. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, I'm not okay right now. Learning that that's okay will build their resilience. And that's going to be the theme of this programme. It is okay to talk. Doesn't mean it's easy, though. Sam Oti, a filmmaker in Cornwall, suffered in silence for a long time before speaking up. With my parents growing up, I think it was always they were brought up in a world where you sort of just carry on. You don't you don't speak about your emotions and you just get on with it. And my my dad especially never really spoke about his emotions. And that that came straight through to me. I sort of just got to be okay. well, you accept it and you carry on and you keep working and you keep keep pushing hard. But actually, I realised that you can't do that because it really doesn't help you. You have to stop and you have to speak to somebody and get some help. And it changed Sam's life. The thing is, we don't like talking about mental health. Although things are changing, it's still often seen as embarrassing or a sign of weakness. Paul Ballard is Technology Strategy and Enterprise Architecture Director at Nationwide Building Society. We will still see people who won't refer themselves to employee care will have that conversation. They'll ask for line management referral. Um, we'll see people who will go off sick and they put other reasons rather than mental health because they're worried about the impact on their job. So for me, there's another phase to go where people can be really candid about how they're feeling and not worry about any consequences of it. And, and I suspect that's because there are still consequences, whether we like it or not. There are line managers or people out there who will consciously or unconsciously treat someone that's going through mental health you know, differently than someone that's not. And that doesn't go down well with Andrea Dodd, who's Managing Director at Performance Learning Group, which delivers apprenticeships and training to the hospitality industry. It shouldn't be an issue for someone having that conversation. We should be all ready for someone to say, I'm not having a good day, I just need some help. And and that not being a big thing, that not being a stigma and people not frowning upon that and you as an individual not feeling like someone is going to judge you because you're actually not having a, not having a good day. We wouldn't judge somebody if they said, I've got food poisoning or I've broken my arm or, you know, I've got the flu. We would say, OK, get better soon and we'll see you in a few days or let us know how you are. But there's this massive stigma behind, you know, people saying, actually... I'm really suffering with my anxiety. I'm suffering with depression. I'm trying to live with depression. Let's get rid of the stigma. Let's support people with their mental ill health and see if we can, you know, get them some real help and be able to move forward. Andrea Dodd. And the point is, if we do talk about it, we can get help. And there's plenty available, as we'll hear. So if we accept that it's a good idea to talk, however embarrassing, the next question is, when? Here's Carol Petropoulos, Assistant Principal at New College Swindon. I think if what the thoughts that you're having are interrupting your day-to-day living, 
or you are actually struggling to cope with your day-to-day life, then that's the time when you really need to start accessing some support and some help um, because we should all be able to get through our days. And if, if our mood is stopping us to do that, and we all have bad days, but if that bad day is not just a bad day, it's a bad week, a bad month, you know, we really should be looking at support. All of us need some help with our mental health. Um, we'd all see a doctor if we broke our arm then you know we need to do the same if, if our mind isn't quite working as we'd like it to be and there's no shame in that so it's really important that we keep those conversations going and that we make sure that all young people but especially boys when we look at the fact that boys are not talking that we're there and we're open to that but in order to access support you need to accept first that you are struggling We talked about some of the signs in an earlier programme, but they're not always obvious, according to consultant psychiatrist Dr Adrian Flynn. One of the hardest things about dealing with stress-related problems is pretending that they're not there. I think one of the first things you've got to do is acknowledge it. And I guess there's a question about whether or not simply acknowledging it in yourself is enough, and then thinking about the things you can do to help yourself, or whether or not it's had a big enough impact on your life at work or your life outside of work that you need to talk to some of the people around you. That in itself, just telling somebody how you really feel, especially if you spent a long time acting and pretending that you feel great when you haven't, can be an enormous weight, uh, enormous weight lifted off people. That was certainly the experience of both Sam Oti and Merlin Keating, a peer support worker at the mental health charity Pentreath. Definitely think talking to, you know, whoever works for you, sometimes it's just a close friend, I have a couple of friends that I would open up to um, and they open up to me about their problems, for example. And we have always done that because there are some people in life you you just build a trust with, don't you, and a bond with. Um, It just eases the burden slightly, doesn't it? It just lifts a bit of the weight off of you. It doesn't have to feel like a pressured environment. It's just literally talking about how you're feeling. And I don't think people do that enough. People don't, in today's society, it's such a busy world, but people don't just take five, 10 minutes just to stop and chat. And when I was speaking to my girlfriend and my mum about the problems that I was facing, I can't tell you the sense of relief that I had when I finally just stopped and spoke to them and told them about it. So the next question is, who do you talk to? Well, we've heard from Merlin and Sam that friends and family can be helpful and performance psychologist Sam Bishop agrees but says even this isn't always so easy. I don't know if it's ever truly comfortable or an easy thing to do. I'm not saying that it is. Um, But therefore, if it's it's going to be difficult to do this, try to think about somebody that maybe they like or that they trust, that they feel they can start to have that conversation with. And um, and again, and I think that helps in the process. I don't think it makes it fully comfortable i don't think it makes it easy to do but my fear would be that they they allow that that blocker of feeling uncomfortable to talk to somebody to hold them back from saying anything at all and then them continuing for many more weeks and many more months in an apprenticeship journey that actually is then going to have really negative impacts on their mental health well-being physical health and well-being i'd much prefer them to face the fear of speaking to somebody and it being uncomfortable for maybe a few minutes in that moment many many weeks and many many months of continuing on their journey and they're having much more of a negative impact. Sam Bishop. So who else can you turn to? Well you're in a workplace and you're in a training environment both useful according to Becky Riddler an apprenticeship ambassador in the southwest. My manager uh, I'm very close with them 
um, and any problems I have I can send them a message or friend them up straight away and just kind of voice that and there's no judgment there if I'm struggling getting some unit assignments in with some work deadlines I can voice that straight away and that'll help me find a way around it whether that's um, taking the workload off me for my project work or speaking to my people uh, my lecturers at uni to see if there's any support I can get from my assignments as well. And Olivia Skane, Apprenticeship Ambassador in the East Midlands, says it may be tricky, but ideally you should be able to talk to your boss. Definitely the first person you should be going to is your line manager if you're struggling. They're there to support you. And if they're not given the support that you, you need, then you have to kind of go up who's their line manager, maybe speak to their line manager about it. And then there's also support. There should be support networks around your organisation. There might be trade unions at your organisation. There might be trusted colleagues that you feel comfortable talking to. If you don't feel comfortable talking to your line manager, for example, there's a lot of support available in your organisation, but you can't expect people to read your mind. Unfortunately, you've got to open up to people, put yourself out your comfort zone and talk to people if you are struggling as difficult as it may be. And if you do, your managers should be willing and able to help. We'll talk more about that in the next programme. But Olivia mentioned talking to colleagues as an option, and who better than other apprentices? Let's hear from Evie Barnes, who did her apprenticeship at Nestle, and Jessa Lee, who did hers at construction consultancy Stace. And I think it is so, so beneficial for apprentices to be able to lean on other apprentices, whether they're in the same function or not. I've had the opportunity to network with apprentices across the whole of Nestle not just in finance at various different events and not only is it amazing to be able to utilize that opportunity to make friends and to network with people but also to learn from other apprentices. My company has different offices so for example I reached out to somebody that was in the London office whereas I'm based in one in Essex and Epping so that helped me know that you know, I wasn't necessarily alone in that. And and the advantage of the apprenticeship route is you are studying in some kind of education facility. So there are other people who are going through similar things. It is really difficult being an apprentice and having to work full time and also study on top of that in the case of my apprenticeship. Um, so having other people who are also going through that and can relate to those kind of tough times and the struggles, but also the highs as well is really, really nice. And there are apprenticeship ambassador networks. Jordan Keane is chair of the network in the southwest. I think for me, it would be looking at stuff like the the apprentice ambassador network, because you you can then engage yourself and and get involved with lots of other apprentices of a range of, of ages but actually they're all on the same path and same journey as you and I think there is an ANN in every single part of the and every single region or nine regions we're in now so you know there is other people out there that are doing the same thing as you and, and they're in that apprenticeship like you are and you can feed off each other there and you can take advice for, for lots of different things from support and coping mechanisms right through to ideas for off-the-job activities. But remember as an apprentice there are other options Anna Morrison, founder of Amazing Apprenticeships. So as an apprentice, it's quite a unique setup because there will be you, there will be the employer, and there will also be your training provider. So think of it as a kind of triangle. Now, your training provider may also be able to provide you with some support as well or signpost you to other local support services. So we're there to help you. And, you know, the system has been set up like that. So 
please don't sit in silence and, and not speak up because there are services that you can access that might be able to help you. So what might you expect from your training provider? Andrea Dodd is Managing Director of Performance Learning Group, delivering apprenticeships and training to the hospitality industry. Sit and have a conversation with your trainer. Talk about you know, what you're feeling, what you're thinking about, why you're struggling. Is there too much work going on? Do you not understand the work that's going on? Just have a conversation. If you have clear communication with your trainer, sometimes there might be something else that your trainer can support you with. So actually, if you're not very good at written work, for instance, and you're not very good on a computer, actually your trainer can sit there and have a conversation with you and, and can record that. So immediately have a conversation with your trainer and your employer to start with, especially your trainer, because there might be actually something they can support you with. But if you don't feel you can talk to your tutor because you don't have that relationship, have a look on your college website. There will be lots of help available. Carol Petropoulos from New College Swindon. Some of that will be online if you don't feel you want to talk face-to-face -face, or there may be a wellbeing team like we have here that you can actually email into and make an appointment to go and see them. We have counselling available here and that all comes through the wellbeing service. But we do have people who are not counsellors but just someone you can talk to to let off steam, assess where you're at. Most colleges will have an online platform that they buy into that you can use to access help with mental health issues 24-7. You're guaranteed confidentiality there from those platforms. And certainly if you talk to somebody in college that's part of the safeguarding team, if you are very concerned about yourself, you know, there is a level of confidentiality there with what you do. You've also got all the NHS services that you can access, even as a young person from 16 onwards, they're there, you can phone them, you can talk to them, people like Samaritans are there to help people. And the next programme is about what help's available. But let's end this one with some final thoughts from Emma Russell, Merlin Keating, Carol Petropoulos and first Rob Wheeler, Link Governor at Swindon and Wiltshire Institute of Technology. Speak to somebody about it. Don't keep it bottled up. Don't think that this will go away. Your tutor at college or the IoT, uh, speak to your, um, your line manager at your work but speak to somebody about it. If it was mental health related, then speak to kind of wellbeing services at college, speak to your employer because they've probably got some employee assistance program. There are lots of routes, but don't sit on your own. Don't suffer in silence. Speak to somebody about it. And I think ultimately it comes down with your comfortability of who you want to share that with. I would always advocate talking to, to a manager because that's the person that can support you and put a support plan in place. But I recognise for some people it might be a colleague, it might be their GP. You know, we've got a fantastic NHS that does provide mental health support for people. So contacting a GP or a local practitioner or online support through the 111 network is, is crucial. People shouldn't be ashamed and they should get that help and not live with those feelings if it's taking over their life. Just reach out as much as you can, try, and I mean, this is the hardest part for me, was to try not to bury your head in the sand and pretend and hope that it will go away because the chances are it probably won't. That was Merlin Keating, who struggled with his mental health. Next time, we're talking about what help's available. Until then, I'm Dominic Arkwright. That's all for now. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Mindful Apprentice. 
We hope you found something in it which was helpful to you or perhaps a colleague or friend, whether you're a new starter or a seasoned professional. If you've been affected by anything you've heard in the podcast or want to find out more about organisations which can provide help and support, go to sawiot.ac.uk forward slash The Mindful Apprentice. <laughs>